Thank you for joining again in another uh, session of uh, the Bible study that we will do. I'm excited we are in a new um, series or a new study called After God's Own Heart, a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. Um, if you're not a person of uh, After God's Own Heart, then it's, it's uh, you can't understand a lot of things. You can't uh, see a lot of things that God might be wanting to show you uh, because you're after other things in life. And that's what we're going to be talking about. We're going to be talking about uh, out of these uh, Ten Commandments uh, that we're going to revisit. And our first session is on place God first, placing God first. And, and we'll look at some of the uh, Ten Commandments, but we'll also look at some of the other uh, uh, study in another book to show um, a, a lot more to this, the, uh, a more deep, in-depth study of it. So, looking at this, um, again, placing God first. Um, when, we, when we look at idolatry, when we look at different things in life, are we placing God first? That is the main question. I know um, the point of this is to look at uh, the Ten Commandments, but are we placing God first in our lives uh, and not having idols of other things? That's what we're going to be discussing. So with that said, we're going to be looking in the books of Exodus um, in uh, a chapter out of Psalms, uh, Psalm 16. Um, we're going to do a little verses of each this morning, so just bear with me. Um, Looking at the life connection of this study, uh, anything or anyone might be your God. That is so true for a lot of people uh, in the world. For some people, their God is money, their career, pleasure, sports, or special possessions, events that they, they go to. Um, when, when I look at this, anything that takes you away from the relationship that you have with our Lord, can become your idol. Unfortunately, these gods, uh, those things we place above all else, are rampant in our society. The Bible uh, calls this idolatry. Giving the, to someone or something uh, else the devotion and worship God alone deserves. God calls us to devote ourselves to Him because He alone is God. In Him alone is found true life, both in this world and the world to come. So when we look at this, we, we need to see that God is to have first place in every aspect of our life. He needs to be overall everything that we do in our life. That is what this lesson is going to be discussed over. Again, uh, Exodus and Psalm. Exodus 20, chapter 20, verses 1 through 6. We'll start there. Then we'll jump over, look at Psalm 16, verses 1 through 4, and then 9 through 11. But the setting here <clears throat> to understand what's going on, especially in Exodus, and then jumping over to Psalm, you know, a big difference in where we're going to be at. But after God delivered them from Egypt, God led the Israelites to Mount Sinai. There God met with Israelites, revealing himself and instructing them 
on the stipulations of the covenant he was making with them. Foremost among these was the command to give him first place in their lives. Centuries later, King David wrote not only to declare his trust in God, but also to emphasize why God alone deserves the place of priority in our lives. And that's what we're going to be seeing and, and, and studying in these two uh, sections of these, uh, these chapters. So with that said, Exodus chapter 20, verses 1 through 6, if you have your Bible, you can turn there or uh, listen along with me uh, or, or however you may have it. Uh, just to have the Word of God where you can physically see it and not just hear it. Here in Exodus 20, 1 through 6, starting with verse 1, And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt not, or thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image, or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, and that is in the water under the earth, thou shalt not bow down thyself to them, nor serve them. For I, the Lord thy God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me and showing mercy unto thousands of them that love me and keep my commandments. A lot of, a lot of good stuff that uh, the Lord, the God, is, is showing us in here, especially with the Ten Commandments. We have to understand we are to put God first because He alone is God. Of course, you know, most people would say God is first in my life, but is He truly first in your life? Is he first above money? Is he first above the career that you do? Is he first above the social media platforms that we're on constantly throughout the day? Is he above any other person or special possession, events? Uh, I know some people, they, uh, they kind of shake their head, but is he first over extracurricular activities? Is he first? That, that is the question. But unfortunately, these first, those things placed uh, preemptively above all else, they run rampant in our society. When we give to anyone or anything the devotion uh, and worship that God alone deserves, and not show the authority to him, the Bible describes that with the word idolatry. That is idolatry. Now there, here's a question. Where do you see, where do you see examples of idols in a typical home and a culture? Uh, I listed just a few things a few things here that you would see in a typical home uh, in our culture. You see TVs, you see smartphones, you see a lot of devices that call on our attention every day that, that 
a lot of people devote a lot of attention to. But God was willing or, or was calling his people to honor him first. And he does the same for us today as he did then. Nothing has changed. Required worship is not worship. Manda mandated honor is not honor. Outward obedience does not always serve as an indicator of authentic honor. When God asks us to put him first, he's asking for our hearts. If we give him our hearts, he knows our actions will follow. But we have to do that first. But out of that, how do things in our homes become idols? How did they get to where they are in idolatry to us uh, over time? Well, time, that, that's the biggest thing. If we spend a lot of time that these things, uh, they dictate our life. We spend hours upon hours doing these things. <clears throat> then they become these idols, especially um, if it's in the way of the relationship that we have with our Lord. If, if this is bringing us away from church, if this is a bringing away from us from our Bible studies and getting into God's Word and studying, then it becomes our idols. But God is to be first because He alone is God. He is God. In the next verses, we see that God is to be first also because not only that He is alone is God, but He alone is good and completely trustworthy. This is where we're going to jump over to Psalm and what uh, David wrote about this. Psalm 16, chapter uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. If you have your um, Bible or God's Word open in front of you, uh, turn to uh, chapter 16, verses 1 through 4. Starting with verse 1, it says, Preserve me, O God, for in thee do I put my trust. O my soul, thou hast said unto the Lord, Thou art my Lord, my goodness extendeth not to thee, but to the saints that are in the earth, and to the excellent, in whom is all my delight. Their sorrows shall be multiplied, thou hast after another God. When David said in, in uh, verse 2, my goodness extendeth not to thee. He wasn't making a blanket statement that everything was terrible. Rather, he was highlighting a very, very important distinction that God alone is good. He is good. Thus, God alone is the originator of all else that is good as well. The, it doesn't say... It doesn't say if something doesn't seem good, it doesn't come from God. A lot of things may not seem good to us, but God uses them to usher in good. He sees the whole picture. He sees what's coming about of everything that is going on in our lives. Yet because of our limited, finite understanding, Satan seeks to use these things to plant doubt in our hearts concerning God's goodness. He takes something so small that we see that is indifferent or not good, and he, he, he blows it up to a bigger picture to say, 
wrongful things to make our minds seem different. That's what Satan wants to do. He's here to deceive us in what God has for us. But why wouldn't we want to put God first? Not only can he turn things around, but as James tells us, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights with whom is no variableness, neither shadow of turning. God is the source of all good. The original term for cometh down is present uh, um, particular thing that means this means that the good and perfect gifts God gives us are continually flowing to us. If we have that relationship, God continually gives them to us. Remember though, if something is good, it's the source of God. If something does not seem good, the source still may be from God. Even when we encounter something that is truly not good or evil, it should only cause us to recognize the goodness of God all the more. All, after all, a brilliant diamond sparkles uh, the brightest after the backdrop of a dark cloth. It, you know, he... He's continually molding us and preparing us and, and shaping us through the things that we go through through life. All the good things comes from Him. Some that don't seem so good, that may still come from Him, only is for the good for us from Him. That's what we're going to remember. When are you most tempted to put your trust in something besides the Lord. You know, we have um, Dr. Feelgoods. We have different variances of um, drugs and alcohol. We have TV. We have all these other events that makes us just feel right and good. But however, does that last? Is that everlasting? You know, does it do for our betterness after the situation is gone? We are tempted to do that. We are tempted to put our trust in something else besides God, but that's something we do not need to do. We need to put our trust, like uh, David wrote about, in him and him alone. In the next verses, we see that God is to be first because he alone is the way to eternal life. He is life. He gives us life. And we got to have that relationship with Him to have that eternal life. Again, this is going to be in Psalm chapter 16, verses 9 through 11. If you want to turn there with me, um, starting with verse 9. Therefore, my heart is glad, and my glory rejoice, rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope. For thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. Thou wilt show me the path of life in thy presence of fullness, of joy. At the right hand there are pleasures forevermore. See, most of us go through our lives hoping we know where we are going. 
where you spend money on fancy apps to help us navigate through the maze of life like a pro, try visiting a foreign country or location where road construction is taking place, however, and you can no longer depend on your apps. If you are in a position where it doesn't work, you quickly discover how important it is to truly know the way to where you are going. The principle certainly applies to where we are going in our lives and for eternity. You can know for sure. It's up to you. It's up to the uh, what, what you want to have ahead of this life. Eternal life is a gift we receive by placing faith alone in Christ and Him alone for the payment of our sins, what He done on the cross. That's why the gospel is called the good news. The good news of the gospel is that we do not have to pay for any of it. It doesn't cost you a dime. All these things that we do in our lives that devote our time to and all that, that costs money. But His, his news, His gift, is not. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No one goes to the Father but by Him. He is the gift. The Ten Commandments we were never given as an entry point for eternity. While it's true that God expects us to obey His commandments, the ultimate purpose of the law is to show us our inability to keep those laws. That's, that's something that people uh, have trouble seeing sometimes when they think about commandments. They think that, oh, it's, it's, I have to do this or, or else, you know, but it's only to see that we cannot depend on ourselves to keep those laws. In other words, it reveals our need for a Savior. We have been set free from legalism and condemnation through the gift of salvation in Jesus Christ. But what does it look like? to place God first in your life. Do you have that relationship with our Lord and Savior? Do you get in God's Word? Do you go to church? If you go to church, do you skip church for these worldly pleasures? Do you skip um, Bible studies? Do you skip reading your Bible to give um, attention to something else? That is something that we need to ask ourselves. In this study, as we see that God is to have first place in every aspect of our life, how will you actively seek to put God first in your life? Well, there's a couple of um, things here or, or statements here that we can do. We can acknowledge. We can, uh, the starting point for any personal change begins with honesty, acknowledging what needs to change, what needs to change in your life. To put God first. If you do not put God first in any area of your life, confess that to God. Ask Him for the forgiveness that is needed to help put Him first in your thoughts, words, and actions, and everyday things that we do. Now begin. Begin making a commitment to begin each day by putting God first. Whether when you first wake up, drink your cup of coffee, listening to God's Word on the way to work or school or whatever it may be, you can develop the habit of putting God first more consistently by reminding yourself of this truth before you start your day. This will look different for each person, but it could mean 
saying a prayer when you first wake up. Again, reading your Bible before you do anything else, listening to God's Word, or quoting Scripture from memory before you pick up your phone in the morning. Also, a good last thing here is to track. Consider keeping a notepad or journal um, to write down every time you sought to put God's perspective and His guidance first in your life. You want to share this with a friend or someone as a way to encourage them also to do the same. But we need to put God first in our lives and everything that we do. But <clears throat> in this, you know, Jesus Christ has set us free from the condemnation through the gift of his salvation. And this allows us to willingly and gratefully pursue a life pleasing to God by placing him first over everything else. That's something we need to remember. That's something that we have to do to put God first. But we have to have that relationship. We have to know. We have to understand. So with that being said, that is the first lesson or session of um, putting or placing God first. We'll continue uh, in our next session in the fresh look of our Ten Commandments as honoring God. We was talking about placing God first and uh, the... Uh, the, dis the distractions of everyday life, but when we place God first, we need to honor God, and that's what we'll be uh, doing next week uh, in session two, but thank you for joining me in after God's own heart, a fresh look at the Ten Commandments. Thank you.